Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Today I've titled this message, He's Good For It. He's Good For It. So I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Spasms. Psalms chapter 52 and verse 9. Psalms chapter 52 and verse 9. It says, I will praise you forever. I will praise you forever because you have done it. I love this. I will praise you forever. So David is saying, this is what my future looks like. I will praise you forever because of what you did. (laughs) See, it's not about him I'm going to praise you for what you're about to do. He says, I'll praise you because you've done it. Jesus has done it. God did it when he gave us Jesus. Because the word says, he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Amen. When Jesus said it is finished or accomplished, or done, he said the word to die, which means finished. The work is done. Finality. It was done. Now David is saying, think about this, David is saying this long before that happened. But in the spirit, this is the spirit of the word. I love this. In the spirit, there's a, there's a prophetic tone to this. Amen. And it speaks to us today in a greater way because we have a better covenant established on better promises. I will praise you forever because you have done it. Now, it's important that we remember that because as I I was talking to you last week, David recounting the victories when he's facing that giant. I will praise you forever because you've done it, which means I know if you've done it, then it's done that it will happen now for me. Your faithfulness will be now for me in the present since it's been there in the past and it will be there for me for the rest of my days. So what can I offer except praise? Hmm? What can I offer except praise? Amen. Come on, why don't you praise him for just a moment? Because look, this is where it happens. It says, and in the presence of your saints. Can y'all see my, my words? And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name. All right, so this is the place for it to happen saints of God. In the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name. Now, this is not a twiddling your thumbs kind of waiting. This is not a grin and bear it kind of waiting. The word wait here in the, in the Hebrew literally means this. Listen to this. This is so beautiful. What, after I find it, it means to gather collectively with expectant hope. This is what I love about church. Together collectively with expectant hope. Because, you know, you might have run into a situation this week where you kind of lost hope. Or maybe the situation itself looks hopeless. But when you gather with God's people, when you come into the house of God, I want to encourage you today. Collect together with an expectant hope. Don't just come to church to come to church. Amen. Because whatever expectation you put on it, you're going to get out of it. And plus more. But if you don't expect anything to happen, you're probably not going to have anything happen. Amen. That's why it's important that we engage in in worship, that we lift our hands, that we lift our voices to sing as a sacrifice of praise to God because it's our invitation, our praise is his invitation to intervene in our lives. And another thing besides that, besides the fact that it does you a whole lot of good between you and the Lord, it confuses the mess out of the devil. 
He don't know what to do about that. You know what's interesting to me is how many times, well, we see one particular scripture where we see what praise does to the enemy when the Lord had Jehoshaphat. Remember, he had his, his that you're going to go to war today and you're going to put the choir out front, right? Well, wait a second, that's not how we do war, right? The choir don't go out front, but they did. And he said, I want them to sing this song. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. And so that was it. They were going to sing this song. Can you imagine? They have three different nations, three different nations that are fighting them, right? And you can see all the armory out here, the, sh- the, the, the shores and the seals. <laughs> you can see all the armor and all the chariots and the horses and the fierce, mighty warriors. And they're, they're, they're stationed. They're, they're ready for battle. And here comes Israel. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Can you imagine like, what in God's name is going on here? Well, that's exactly what they, I mean, because the Bible says that the Lord caused confusion. And Israel, as they're singing their little choir song, these three militant armies who are initially, their plan is to kill Israel, they turn on each other. And so Israel, as they're singing, they're watching their enemy destroy themselves. Until all of them are vanquished. All of them are laying this. So Israel said, hey, let's go get their stuff. All they did was sing a song. The the enemy doesn't know what to do, which is interesting to me because he was the guy who was leader of the music in heaven before his fall. But now that he's fallen, praise don't make any sense to him. It just brings confusion to him. So I want you to, I want to encourage you because listen to me. If it hadn't happened this past week, it's probably going to happen this week. The devil's going to lie to you at some point. He's going to talk to you, and he is a lying, lying, lousy lizard, and he is going to do whatever he can to get you discouraged, to get you out of faith, to get the Word of God out of your mouth, and to paralyze you in your trouble, to paralyze you in your fears. Hmm? So open your, I will praise you forever. And I'm going to come to the house of God and I'm going to remember what really is true. My God is on my side. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. And if God be for me, it don't matter who's against me. See, isn't it it a wonderful thing? We need this. This is where I was telling the earlier service. Sundays are like a reset. You know, you get your perspective back. Because when you magnify him, everything else gets smaller. And the truth is, your problems ain't no match for the God who lives in you. Ain't no match for it. And we come to the house of God together because we believe that his name is good. How many of you believe today that his name is good? Amen. I mean, he's already proven himself trustworthy time and time again. Amen. The, The word says that God, he exalts his own word, his word, even above his own name. He exalts his word above his name. So if his word is good, then his name is good. Amen. Come on, you've had a bad experience with a a business or something? Hmm? And every time you hear that business name, what do you think? Oh, I hate that company. It did me so wrong. We're so happy to testify to their failure. 
right? The name is attached to, to it. Hmm? His name, his word is above his name, and his word is settled, and his word is accomplished, and his word is established, which means his name is always good. It's a done deal. Praise God. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. My dad taught me this a long time ago. He asked me one time, I'll never forget it. He said, Do you, he said who's the greatest figure in the Old Testament? Initially, I, I think I said Abraham. He said, Moses is the greatest figure of the Old Testament. I mean, he wrote the first five books of the Bible, right? Abraham's the greatest of, concerning our faith, right? But Moses was God's man to lead Israel out of bondage and bring them into promise. And so Moses, who in, I believe it's in Exodus, it says that Moses <laughs> was the meekest man on earth. But think about who wrote it. <laughs> Can you imagine? The Lord's, Lord's downloading things to him to write down. He says, Moses, the meekest man. I said, Lord, this is not going to come across right. If I'm writing that about myself. <laughs> Moses is the one who would hold that rod out over the Red Sea and declare, stand still and see the salvation of your God. And the waters would part. Moses would strike that rock in the wilderness and water would come gushing out to quench their thirsty, their, their thirsty bodies. Incredible miracle. Moses, the one who went up on that mountain with God and didn't eat or drink for 40 days, but just lived on the substance of the I am. It's the one who brought the law to the children of Israel. Moses, the one who set up set up by in specific instructions by God, the, t the tabernacle and the sacrifices of worship to God. Marvelous, marvelous man. But Moses is not what God chose, the name that God chose to use for his son, even though as great of a, of a man as he was. God chose to name Jesus after Joshua. Moses' successor. Because Joshua didn't take them out of Egypt. Joshua took them in to promise. Moses didn't get them to the promised land. Joshua was the one that took them over there and took them into promise. So that every time you say the name of Jesus, which is Joshua, every time you speak the name, the Lord who delivers, the one who saves, every time you speak his name, you're declaring the name that has brought you into something. See, God doesn't want you so much focused on what you've been brought out of. You've been drawn out of darkness. Praise God for that, right? We've been brought out of the bondage of sin, out from under the power of the devil. But what he wants you to be looking at is, what have you been brought into now? You've been brought into every good thing from God. You've been brought into an inheritance. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You've been brought into a new covenant, a new and a living way, life and life to the fullest. Hallelujah. Abundance in this life to a God who is able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think to a God who says all of my promises are yes to you and in Jesus they are our yes and amen so when you say the name of Jesus you're declaring the promised land that you're living in 
Hallelujah. Lord, we thank. Come on, let's lift our voices again. Let's just take a moment to, to praise him, to thank him for his goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness toward us. Thank you, Lord, that we're getting what we don't deserve. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that, that's not the point. You didn't even make it about that. It's because of who you are and because of what you want us to have. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that we can come boldly to you today, not begging God, but thanking God. You didn't make us beggars. You didn't make us servants. You made us children of God. That's why we can have bold access to you. Because you are our Father. We praise your name. Praise your wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, um, there is no other name by which men can be saved. Here's, I love this beautiful verse. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's as close as his name. Let's go to John chapter 14. I won't keep you much longer. John chapter 14. Of course, we've only been here 43 minutes, so I feels later because I've already preached once. John 14, <laughs> believe me, when you hear yourself talk twice, it's painful sometimes. John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. Jesus says these words, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Isn't that beautiful? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Does that, does that sound a little too good to be true? Huh? It does sound that way, and that's why we mess up. That's, that's why people mess this up all the time, because they just can't hardly stand the goodness of this, the pure goodness that it is. So we got to screw it up with our religious thinking and believing. No, you, now he don't obviously mean anything. Well, he said anything. Am I supposed to believe you or him? He said, if you have anything in my name, I'll do it. Well, you can't just go asking. See, that's what I'm saying. As soon as that kind of phrase comes out, we start saying what we can't do. Well, you can't just, well, he just said anything. Can we just stop and let his words sink into our minds and to our hearts? So that faith will bring us up in that expectation to believe him by just simply taking him at his word. Oh, Lord, help us. Help, uh, help us to shut up all the doubts and the fears and the what ifs. You can what if yourself to death. Huh? Yeah, but one time, I'm, I know of this guy, he prayed and he didn't get his prayer. Really, you're going to go out there? I can't, I don't have an answer for everybody's experiences. All I have is the word to lean on. Listen, if we just went by everybody's experiences, we'd be, uh, I mean, about as schizophrenic as we could be. What? Because there are things we don't have answers for. We don't have all those answers to the mysteries of life. But what we do have are answers in his word. So what I would say is get busy knowing what has been revealed rather than asking questions about what is not revealed. And what Jesus has revealed to us is this truth. 
Hmm? Listen, I believe in laying hands on the sick and they'll recover. I, I, and I believe it because that's what I found in the Word. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe, right? And one of those things is they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And you know what? I've laid my hands on people and they've recovered. I've also had experiences though where I've laid my hands on people and they died. Now I could go down the rabbit hole of questions. But I'm, I'm, I'm just... Res- I've resolved this within myself. I don't care whether I've experienced it 100% of the time, whether I've seen it every time. I'm still going to believe that when I lay my hands on the sick, they're going to recover. Come on, talk to me today. Somewhere our faith has to land, sure. You're going to believe something. We might as well hold on to the truth of the word of God. Remember, he is good. He's good for it. I will praise you, Lord, because you've done it. And that must be our resolve. What does the scripture say? Paul kept taking us back to, kept recentering as he's giving out this revelation. Then he would every once in a while say, but what does the scripture say? All right, because you're looking at circumstances that don't make sense sometimes. You're, you're, you're experiencing things that just kind of baffle the mind and, and sometimes even make your faith shake a little bit, huh? But that's why you have to go, no, 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 what does the word say? And I'm going to hold on to what God has revealed to me and I'm going to leave the rest to him. Come on, help me today. John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day, Jesus said, you will ask me nothing. He's talking to his disciples about his soon departure. Now look what he says to them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So it's not like Jesus and God are on the same team. (laughs) Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I love that. The name of Jesus is your connection to the Father in your prayers. His name gives you direct access right to the throne of grace. I I told uh, the 930 service that I have people come and say, is it okay, I mean, to, to, to pray? Like, who should I talk to when I'm praying? And that's a good question to ask. That's a good question to ask. Uh, I said, well, the Father is who we talk to. And, and we talk to him based on his son. In the name of Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Jesus wants us to have the same kind of fellowship with the Father that he does. That's why God made us sons through rebirth. Sons and daughters. Huh? So he wanted, and you might have a, a, a tradition in your own life of talking to Jesus. Uh, that's, that's fine. But what, I just want you to understand something. Jesus wants you to talk to the Father. All right? He wants you talking to the Father. There ain't nothing wrong with addressing Jesus from time to time. But listen to me. He paid such a price for you to have a father-child relationship. And he says, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will do it. I love that. So he said, I will do it, and he'll do it too. I will, I'm going to finish with this scrap. I cannot talk today. What is wrong with me? Lord, I apologize. Be with us. Starving pygmies. All right, Psalms 54, verse 6. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. 
I will freely sacrifice. That's interesting the way it says that. Freely sacrifice. In other words, this is a heart. This is a heart of someone who is willing to pay whatever price. I will freely sacrifice. I'll freely lay that down. I'll freely get out of that, that destructive relationship. I'll free, I'll free. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not talking about marriages, okay? <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good thing. You want to stay together. Unless it's destructive. Well, you can talk to Carl about that. But not because his marriage is destructive, but because he's a good counselor. Lord, I'm just, I, I quit. I just quit. Lord. It's because the man who taught me to preach is here. <laughs> okay. I will freely sacrifice. The Bible says, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Isn't that interesting that that is a sacrifice? It is a sacrifice because your tongue's nature is not one of praise. It's one of negativity. Come on, if you've lived five minutes, you know that's true. Hmm? It's so quick to spew out venom and hatred and all kinds of stuff. It's so easy to do that. It's those who learn to guard their tongue and think before they speak that give a moment where they can actually speak good things. And, you know, this is one of the most destructive things in marriages because you get so familiar with each other, you talk to each other like you're too familiar with them. And you can tear one another down so quick in just a few minutes. And you've been building this life, building this life, building this life, and it's amazing how you can erode your relationship because of that negative talk. That's why the Bible says it's a sacrifice of praise to offer up the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. That's you saying, no tongue. You don't get to say what you want. You're going to say what I want. And I'm going to praise him. I'm going to bless the Lord at all. Can we practice this one more time? Can we lift our voices and thank him and praise him? See, sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice. Of, I don't want to do that. I just want to sit here and listen to you preach. Well, I'm asking you. I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to necessarily do it. That's why it's a sacrifice. Huh? That's why it's a sacrifice. I don't feel like I'm tired. It's a sacrifice. That's the moment. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. I will not be silent. I will praise you, O Lord. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. The Lord, the Lord my God, my strength, my song, my deliverer, my high tower, my rock, my fortress. In you I will trust. Thank you, Lord. See, the, the, the body fights it, doesn't it? Hmm? Even the mind. But you let your confession lead you. Let your praise direct your steps. Praise God. Because faith, praise is the, the faith declaration. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter what I know, I know him. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to 
finish here today by saying thank you again. We can't say thank you enough because you have done it. And so forever, this is going to be our song. Forever, this will be our utterance. Thank you. I will praise you for you have done it. Thank you. Thank you for all these that are here in this room today. Thank you for all these who are with us online. Father, I thank you. And I pray that grace and peace will be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that every household will be a household of praise, a household of thanksgiving, a household, Lord, who looks to their God and shines in their neighborhood. Thank you for peace in every marriage and love abounding in every home. I declare that all of their children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. I thank you, Lord, that these are the excellent ones in the earth. Lord, I thank you that they shall know their God, be strong, and do exploits. They are the light of the world. And I thank you, Lord, that where they go, their good works cause others to stand in awe of their God and glorify their Father in heaven. I thank you that you lead them and you guide them. And Lord, may their faith be known throughout the world. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. Go with them, Lord, as they go from here. And I thank you that you give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses them and covers their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Now may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace, you and all of your house, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.